Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to the In Focus Show. And I'm one of your hosts, Lenny Arrowsmith. And although the In Focus, um, In Focus Show has a new name, what was previously Mojo Sports One on One Show, the premise is still the same. The show takes a bit more of a deep dive into the lives, history, background, and aspirations of our guests, and talk a bit of the things beyond their sporting pursuits. In some episodes this season, we will use this forum to reveal a little bit more about our fellow Mojo Sports panelists, so our listeners get to hear more about the voices they hear on our other shows. So you may have heard from our guest today. She's a panelist on Mojo's NBA show. She's an all-round sports lover, someone I'd call an expert, and provide some insightful analysis and experience around the game. I'd like to say hello and welcome to the show, Kat Vanto. Thank you for having me. This is my first hey, interview. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, Kat, um, Please tell us, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Is it Fanto or Fanto? It it would ideally be Fanto, but while I've been here in Australia my whole life, it's just Fanto. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, cool. Um, I was going to ask you just a bit of a um, kickoff question. Really, it's just a bit of a warm-up um, so that people get to know a little bit more about you. If you were to cook a signature dish in which your guests ask you for the recipe, what is your signature dish and what makes it so special? I would probably go, one thing I love to cook the most is gnocchi sorrentina. Um, so that is gnocchi with buffalo mozzarella baked over the top of it, which is one of my all-time favourite foods. So being Italian, what I always cook the most is sauce. I think my sauce, oh. probably, that's, that's where the recipe really lies. That's where the secret is, a good right. sauce. That's the base to every good pasta. <laughs> And is this a recipe that is, um, you know, filed away or written down? Yeah, it's all up in my head. So growing up around my um, my mom, my nonna, my aunties, things like that, everything has just been from what I've seen. Nothing's ever been written down. Um, yep. And because like, I come from two different regions, obviously, as well. So there's different ways of cooking things. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm imagining then the food in your household must be fantastic um, and in your family and get-togethers as well. Oh, yeah, definitely growing up with the best. Nice. I'm jealous. I am already jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kat, and thanks again for joining us um, on the show today. Uh, the, obviously, we want to get a little bit of a background, get to know you a little bit better. Um, I just wanted to ask you first, can you take us back uh, about growing up, your family, your school, or tr- uh, your interests? You know, what's your clearest memory and how is it that you've come to be in this uh, sports realm? Um, it all goes back, really. Everything has based on my brother, really. So I've grown up in an Italian family where soccer has been our biggest passion. Um, so my brother, he's played he played soccer all through his childhood up until I think he finished when he was, when he turned 30. Um, but he also played tennis. He played cricket. He played basketball. He played everything as well. Else as well. He was number one in the state for tennis at one point. He was also playing for the state team. Um, so 
with that, I, I started my childhood by basically following him along to every city, every training, every practice, everything that he played. So I think from there, I started to be groomed as a professional spectator. That's what I call myself. That's what this family is. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, now we're at the point where we're doing it for my nieces. So he's now coaching his kids and they're now playing sports as well. So we're all out doing the same thing. So, yeah, I guess through that as well is where my love of basketball came. Um, so I've grown up, my peak memory, you know, I pretty much remember starting from the Jordan, Pippen, Rodman era. Um, oh, yes. I was born in 89. So I grew up with those straight away, which, you know, developed into Kobe and LeBron and things like that. So because he loved basketball, I love basketball. Um, yes. I just did what my brother did because I was younger. And, yeah, it's just from that, like being around – sports all the time and just seeing how it can change people's lives um I was used to just not being a player so that's why for me it is easy to just to go over and watch it and be interested in that perspective yeah yeah oh you sound like you're a great little sister yeah uh, very supportive <laughs> probably, probably his number one fan I guess you're also the niece's uh, sort of new super fan as well alongside yeah. your brother are there any particular um like sort of sports that your brother played or even yourself that you played that you thought you know what this is my thing other than basketball um well, with him like soccer was probably you know the number one that was the most dominant for him I actually did play soccer at one point as well um I played when I was younger in school and then I ended up playing for the same club as him at one point when I was a bit older we were the first girls team for that club Um, so it was really fun but that's when I just realized I'm not a player I just (laughs) I'm more of a I'm more of a spectator like you know so I've done I think when I was younger I played basketball netball um and then soccer my mom really wanted me to play netball she played netball for a really long time she loves netball it's just not for me I I tried I did it all but I'd rather basketball (laughs) Yeah, at least you sampled it to be able to make a decision, you know. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And so, I mean, you obviously have great parents. Uh, I mean, like being uh, obviously a member of an Italian family, aside from the great cooking, I imagine they'd be very supportive with any sort of sporting pursuits or any type of, um, you know, spectator sports where they always there alongside you uh, cheering on or, um, you know, supporting. Because um, I've... So, the reason why I ask is most families, um, like the families sort of become like the the background management <laughs> team yeah, to whoever definitely. the the athlete is. I mean, like there's diet, there's exercise, there's training, there's, um, you know, even just making sure equipment's clean and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, everyone had different roles in your family, but your parents would have, I think, been the example for it. How was that growing up um, and how were your parents um, and influence yeah they're definitely very supportive um a lot of it goes to my mom she was the one that ran us around to pretty much everything um and I feel sorry for her so when my brother was doing all of his sports I was I did dancing so that was my thing yeah. um so she would pretty much be running us back and forth between you know dance practice soccer practice all those things the majority of it was for my brother um because he had a lot more training and things like that so yeah, but in general, like we as a family, we traveled everywhere together for the different games and for the camps and everything else as well. Um, yeah, so I think that's why now when my nieces 
you know, as they go along their different paths in sport, it's just easy for us to support it. Like we'll be out there every week. Um, we'll, you know, we'll take them to their practice, we'll take them to training. So now when my brother coaches one daughter in soccer, we've got the other one that we'll take to basketball practice and we go between that. So they've become like a whole logistics plan and scheduling component. You know, we all make it work like between my my mom, my brother and their mom and and then me, like we're all involved somehow. And I think it's, we're just used to it because that's how it was for my brother. Um, And then for me as well with my dance and everything like that. So yeah, definitely I come from a very supportive family, but a majority of it, I like shout out to my mom because she was the one that just ran us around everywhere. Um, yeah. And I think my dad was more, because he was working a lot, he he was more like trying to be the coach and the agent, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it's more my mom that was like the full support behind us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, shout out to your mom, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's someone who's, I mean, like for a mom like that, very patient, understanding, you know, wonderful person to ha- to have, you know, not only just to get the games on time, but also make sure you're getting enough rest, yeah, you know, getting enough sleep, yeah. No, that's wonderful. Um, so who would who is it in your family, um, or in your life? Would you say is the has been like the greatest sort of um, influence in terms of you know your love of sport, um, or or just being a part of it? Um, it definitely, yeah, it all, it all comes back to my brother, I think, because he's the one, he's the athlete of the family. Um, but it is like soccer is a big culture for us. So, you know, my parents grew up that way, which made us grow up that way. Um, but in terms of actually, you know, the involvement of it all, I'd say it came from my brother for sure because I just watched him do so much with it. Um, which gave me more interest and got me looking into things differently. And I just can see things from a different perspective coming from a family that's so involved in a school industry. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also too, um, it's easy to forget um, until you sometimes look back just how much of an, um, how much of the seed that particular person had planted in your mind or in your life. Yes, absolutely. I love the fact that, um, that you guys, it sounds like you're quite a tight-knit family and you've got great love and great support for each other. And um, it's great when you have those sort of, you know, you've got that champion, you know, people within your um, corner who are as championing yes. you and your success, which is wonderful. And um, yeah, it's nice. So, I mean, I'm going to ask you about basketball. Now, you said before that, you know, during the Jordan Pippen, you know, era, which was like, that I think they call that like the golden era of um, of basketball. Um, any particular players that you sort of remember that you thought, you know what, that's that's like my forever my forever player that the one and only the best. Who is who is your best um, and favorite player? From my my all time favorite player is actually Kobe Bryant. Um, oh yeah, okay. For a different era, but for that time in particular, I still the person who actually stood out the most to me at that age was Dennis Rodman (laughs) and I think for like for many reasons for everyone but I just it's funny like looking back at it now understand him more um than when I was a kid but I think it was because he just broke the mold and he did his own thing that's very much different I became he was different and I and I like different and that's I became something similar um so he stood out to me a lot but then you know as getting older um and just 
looking at things differently. Now, for me, it's Kobe Bryant. And it's probably more so for things he does off the court as well. Um, yeah, right. So much on the court, like just like there's a reason why it's Mamba mentality. It, his, his mentality, his success, the way he moves, everything about that, I just really look up to. Um, yeah. And I was able to go and see him speak uh, two, three years ago now. So just a year before he passed away, I went to the Mamba mentality tour and just like listening to him talk about everything else that he's done outside of basketball and like what he was looking to do and how he works and just hearing him speak about other things. I, from there became even more obsessed with him and like base a lot of what I'm doing on, you know, motivation from him as well. So I really took it bad when he passed away. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like a really, I think it was a big thing for everyone. I think a lot of people really look up, looked up to him. I did especially. And you know, again, like he was a person that both my brother and I love so much. Now my nieces loved him as well because, you know, they followed him from seeing how much we loved him. Um, So, yeah, I think that was probably in the sporting world, that's been my biggest hit because I just really look up to him as not just like what he can do in basketball, but what he was achieving out of it, like winning an Oscar, writing children's books. Like he just kept thinking forward. He just kept looking ahead. Um, And then the relationship that he has with his daughters just reminds me of my brother and his daughters. So yeah. I just see so many similarities in that, you know, like the way he, him and Gianna, like he coached his daughter, they were close. Like that's what my brother's like with his kids. And I just love seeing that. And like, and I look at the way they play, especially the little one, she's got that, she has that mentality as well. Like she's very tough. She's very focused, very motivated. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one of the biggest influences on my life for sure. Yeah, right. It's funny how you've you've picked two very, very um, opposite people, but also from different eras too. I mean, like Dennis was quite quite a bad boy. Obviously, he had rather a reputation about him. But, I mean, despite everything on the outside, um, he still played the game. He was still, you know, a great player on the court. Yes, controversial, but, you know, people still remember you know, his achievements on the court. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, Kobe, um, so, I mean, it's a few years ago now, my memory is probably a bit rusty about when he passed. But, I mean, that morning, because I remember it was, I think, our morning um, here in Australia yeah. when the news sort of came through. Um, what did it feel like for you? I mean, like you said, it hit you hard. But, I mean, just that initial response, how was it? I woke up to a few messages from people because um, everybody, like, is very well known how much I love Kobe. So I woke up to just a few people saying, oh, my God, I can't believe what happened. And I, like, and just someone just wrote, people just wrote Kobe. And I was like, what's going on? And the first thing I opened, I opened up Instagram, I think, and the first thing I opened was on my feed, it was the police department giving their statement. And yeah. I just felt my stomach drop. I just, I think I went into complete shock. Um, like I a member of the first, family. Almost. It actually felt like that. It really just felt like a member of our family had passed away. Like I just received to me, it was like, it really was the worst news. And then when I saw that, um, you know, Gianna was with him, it just mm. broke me even harder. That was such a shock. Um, I remember, I think I called my mom and then I texted my brother 
um, as well. And we were just distraught. I spent the day, I was sick from grief. Honestly, I was actually really sick. It really hit me hard. I just couldn't believe it. And then I remember my nieces trying, they they started, you know, everyone's kind of looking into it, more Kobe things were popping up and they were showing me videos and things and I would just cry like every second. I could not stop crying. Every time we talked about it, everything I was reading, um, it took me a while to probably stop being so emotional over it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're grieving, you know, you're grieving someone who means a lot to you. And it's it's hard for people to understand, like, why would you grieve a person you've never met or or they don't, they're not in your life, but they are in my life in some way. Like, you know what I mean? There's someone I've looked up to, someone that it's a person that people base their whole career around. Like, you know, I've spoken to other, um, to people that play and they started playing because of him. They changed their game because of him. Everyone's got, like, a different reason um yeah. and for some like me the way that I love basketball that's why that's why it is grief it's yeah. it's very real yeah and he did so much for the game like you said yeah. I mean off the court I mean he's quite an inspirational figure um you know like thinking back to I remember that time too of course there were many many like videos tributes and such that sort of poured out um you know in response to his death and his daughter's death and I think the ones that, you know, tend to stick with me the most are the ones where he's coaching his daughter or he's, you know, on the sidelines and you can you can see they're having the back and forth, um, you know, working out you know, different tactics um, as they're playing and just seeing how even just how the rest of her team responds to him. I don't know how great it would be to grow up and have someone, can you imagine, playing um playing basketball in school and Kobe turns up as one of his coaches. (laughs) That would be fantastic. Gosh, have that on your CV for sure, but also great lessons and experience. Yeah, that they were very lucky to have that, which they knew. They knew how lucky they were just to have the presence of that around them for sure. So I'm going back to Dennis Rodman again. I couldn't help but notice that you are an ink lover, much like uh, Dennis Rodman Can you um, explain to me um, how many tattoos do you have around about? I think I have about 14. I actually have to sit back count. and count. I have very big pieces as well, so that's why I kind of just forget. Um, probably looks like I have more than than what I, you know, technically do. Um, but I'm, I think it's around that. I'm actually in the middle of one getting finished at the moment that I've wow, just started. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> And um, can you describe to me, um, do you have a favourite tattoo or are they like your children? You know, there is no favourite. Yeah. Um, oh, what would be my favourite? I've got a lot going on. I've got um, probably the one I've got on my arm. One is the song I sang at my grandfather's funeral. Um, okay. That's probably, I think... I wouldn't say like, I guess it's my most favorite. It's the most meaningful one. Um, yeah. But I've also got, yeah, a lot of things that just remind me of my family, of my interests, places that I've been. Um, so I have a Kobe tattoo as well. I don't know if you can oh, see you it. do? I do have a Kobe tattoo. Oh, my goodness. Um, so this is from Dear Basketball. So this is Kobe when he was a kid. Yes. Um, 
So the reason why I chose that image is just because, like, that film, I love that film so much. I just love the way that he did that. And I love the way it was written. Um, It just really sticks in me. And I got to watch it again when I went to go see Kobe Bryant as well. Yeah, right. Same room in here. Yeah, watching that, which I thought was really cool. And Wait, um, wait. I'm just going to pause you right there. Did you say you were in the same room as Kobe Bryant? Yeah. So I, like, I went to see him. Speak Please tell the story. Yeah. Yes. So I went to the Mamba Mentality uh, tour where he came and spoke about everything. Like he touched on the things that he's written in the Mamba Mentality book. I think that's actually right behind yeah. me. Um, yeah. So he just talked about, you know, life after basketball, certain moments in basketball, um, things that motivate him, you know, what he's looking to do next as well at that point he just it was closer to when he won the oscar when i saw him so he just won that um and then that's why we were watching dear like they played dear basketball again i thought that was so cool i was like wow he's like right there and it's there and (laughs) we're just all here together and that's the vibe of the place like yeah i left there feeling so uplifted just, yes, I can know, imagine. I was like, I can do anything now. I can do anything. That's how I felt just by hearing him speak <laughs> and just how everyone, you know, was so hyped to be around him. And it, that, like, his presence just did that for me. I was like, my life has changed. I can achieve anything now. Like, I was on a different path. Yeah, like, on a, and you're on a different plane, you know. You're yeah. suddenly top of the world. Love that feeling, actually. And did you ever get the chance to meet him? Or were you just admiring from a distance? Just admiring from a distance. I I wish that I got to um, actually do like the meet and greet or something. Um, Should have done it. So I learned my lesson with that now. And so now that Shaq is coming, I'm doing that meet and greet because I was like (laughs) not going to, you know, look back on this and wish I did it again. Yeah, right. You've you've got to get that game plan (laughs) for the next one. Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so um, let's have a bit of a chat about and and tell me about. Um, I mean, you, you're on Mojo. You know, sometimes um, you've obviously got your work life <laughs> as well. You've got to balance in with things. How do you um, juggle everything that you've got going on? And you know, what sort of studies have led you to where you are now? So now I'm actually in something completely different to to all the things that I've studied and and done Um, because my Mm -hmm. mum bought into a business last year and I've come to work with her. Um, I guess though, so I've come in for like the sales and marketing kind of role because I've spent Mm -hmm. a majority of my working life in sales. Um, But again, I've come from a whole different background of things as well. And then coming out of COVID led me to a whole different job in the last two years. because my biggest background was makeup and travel. I worked in the travel industry for a really long time. Yeah. So that took a bit of a hit. So did the beauty industry. That took a hit as well. So I ended up working in healthcare for two years. Wow. Okay. Um, through lockdown in Melbourne as well. And now I've just moved over to work with my mum. So we, um, we actually manufacture and supply cake decorating products. So it's completely, yeah. completely different. Um, I'm doing different work like as well I'm in production I'm in sales I'm, you know because it's hers I just do pretty much everything and I'm just here to help her with getting that to where we want it to be as well. It's nice to have um, obviously mom as the boss are there any things yeah. that you're allowed to get away with or cannot Probably get away with? everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the issue is like when it is like that I feel like I don't stop working we both don't stop yeah. especially her um, 
you know, because we'll be working from home, we work from our premises, we will talk about work wherever we're going, we're constantly, you know, yeah. things that we look at when we're out, when we're in the shop, we're like, oh, look at that. And it's just, it never ends. Um, yeah. So at the moment, yeah. I'm trying to study e-commerce at the same time um, mm-hmm. to not only help myself, but the business as well. So I'm doing that. And then um, there's a few products just from my background in the makeup industry. There's a couple of things I'm trying to look at getting into as well on my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then with the podcast too, like that's the next thing that I'm trying to to lift off from Obviously. there. Like, yep. So, yeah, I've got a few plans that's- in my head with that as well. Well, look, I'm just going to ask you about makeup because every time I see you uh, on our vlogs uh, <laughs> or like and even now in this particular interview, you look absolutely stunning. Obviously, you are an artist when it comes to uh, makeup. How long did you do that for? And you obviously enjoy doing it. Yeah, I've been doing it for, I think, 12 or 13 years. Wow. Um, that is a long time. Yeah. So I started at... I think a year or so after I came out of school, I think it was 18, 19 is when I started doing makeup. But I started doing people's makeup for fun when I was younger. So because I was was a dancer, um, we obviously had to start doing it for performances, things like that. And then yeah. I just started to get really good at it. And, you know, when I was 13, 14, I had all my cousins and everyone and asking if I could do their makeup. And then from there, oh, it just kind of built. And then I ended yeah. up studying, um, I did a diploma of special effects as well so I did actually learn how to get into all of that too and I like I took it further and I studied full-time for like a year um just doing makeup so I've been really lucky I've been able to work um I've done a lot of photo shoots a lot of um I've worked at the MTV Awards as well in Sydney wow um wow I was able to be an assistant makeup artist there this was a long time ago now um but yeah, I've just been really lucky to work on a few, a few good shoots and things like that, and then meet different people that work in the film industry. So yeah, I was going to ask, who's the most famous face that you've made up? Um, I actually didn't. Well, I didn't do her face fully because you, you kind of work on people. But Ruby Rose, um, probably oh, the Ruby most Rose. famous now. Yeah, so I've been the assistant around like the Kardashians and people like that. Um, wow. But to actually work with at one point, I was then Ruby Rose's assistant makeup artist, and I actually worked with her along the red carpet. Um, yeah, wow. Working with her for touch ups and things like that. So at that time, she probably, like she wouldn't have been like as famous now. Now she's just in everything. Um, yeah. She's done really well. But yeah, that's the kind of people that I was kind of working around at the time too. Jeez, there's some big names yeah, in and around there. I forget. <laughs> So I, I take it then you're being asked for birthdays, weddings. Yeah, I've done all those things. So it's mostly, um, mostly like weddings and like from when I started doing it, when I started doing makeup, people would only get their makeup done for like really big events. Now people get their makeup done yeah. for everything. So yeah. it's definitely changed a lot. It's people just get their makeup done to go to dinner and just take photos. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's all about the all about the gram apparently. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. And um, so, for, I mean, you see you do the uh, special, uh, the makeup effects as well. So um, around Halloween, is there often like wounds sort of appearing on faces or <laughs> like yeah, I've done, special when effects I have, like, a, makeup? 
every time we've had some kind of like costume party, you know, if they're like, it's 80s, I'm like, well, we're going all out. You know, um, I've had like Halloween parties where I've done like, you know, gashes on the neck, cuts, and I've oh got all the blood, and I know how to like can do like aging if I need to. Um, wow. So I've already got the request this year from my nieces for Halloween. Like, because I wasn't here the last two years, I was in Melbourne, and then the borders were closed. So now that I'm back in Adelaide, I've got like I'm being booked in for Halloween. So, yes, they're my biggest clients, I guess, at this point. But so, yeah. So, what does the payment look like from nieces yeah. for um, Halloween makeup? Is it hugs and cuddles? Yeah. Or? Lots of love. Lots of, uh, they have to hype me up, which they do, actually. They are my biggest fans. So, I don't need anything else from them. They keep me motivated every day. <laughs> hey, I was just going to ask you about your tattoos again. Um, like, one of the, the comments you said is like you know, you've got so many of them and they come from um, different places or different parts about your life and things that have happened. It's probably, um, I guess, the map to your lifetime with several significant events and such. Um, is there any particular, um, you know, recent um, event that you um, potentially want to get an interview, uh, sorry, get a tattoo for? Like you said, you're working on one at the moment, one big piece. Yeah, the one I've got at the moment is probably, it's really, the timing is good. It's definitely a reflection of where I'm at. So it's a, um, I can't show it just because of where it is, but I'll try to explain it. It's basically like a phoenix rising from the ashes, but the phoenix is also a woman. So the way it's been drawn is it's all blending as one. Um, and, yeah. and the fire is actually a rose because I do, I love roses. So I try to incorporate that in all of my tattoos to make them flow. Um, but yeah, just because I've gone through like another transition again in my life um, where I feel like I'm just elevating to the next level. Um, yeah. My mindset's changed again. My, my confidence is the way I look at things. So yeah, I've just been through, I've been through a lot um, in my life and I went through a couple of things again so I've just always had a fascination with like the phoenix rising from the ashes like you just can't you know like a girl on fire kind of thing a mixture of that so that's the one I'm doing at the moment um and it's good timing because I have just gone through another kind of transition of where I've just bounced back from something else of life yeah 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 I mean the phoenix is quite emblematic of Mm. kind of like renewal starting again rebirth even um and I mean you're a very creative person I imagine it looks quite stunning um and if it's um under underway it must be quite a a lot of e- detail to it yeah there um, is a lot of detail well. yeah and it's is it one that you designed yourself um kind of yes yeah. so I grabbed with my very basic photoshop skills um grabbed different images you know found like the roses that I want found the flames found the kind of the phoenix style so kind of put that all together I gave it to my artist and then he's tweaked it and shaded you know he's drawn it up just to kind of make it all flow which is really good um so yeah I just started by looking at different pictures of other phoenix tattoos but then kind of merged everything together to become my own yeah. I haven't fully seen one like mine yet um so it's almost original but you know everything gets Tattoos, they always get drawn from something. There's always inspiration behind them. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next time on the InFocus Show, we keep the questions rolling and bring to you part two of our interview. 
you actually said, you know, you um, had a couple of things that have happened. Um, you know, you've, you've sort of come to this point in your life where your confidence improved and all that sort of stuff. You're obviously a resilient person. Um, where are you at now in your life? I am at complete peace, to be honest. Yeah. I, like, there's a lot that I'm still working on. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.